On this fourth Sunday of Advent, we are continuing on in the book of James. We're at James um, chapter 4, verse 13. If you'd like to follow along in your pew Bible, it's on page 1013. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. This is the word of the Lord. So here we are on the fourth Sunday of Advent, the last one as we prepare to celebrate Jesus coming into the world. We need to stop and consider our plans. Do our plans take into account how God has and how God is breaking into the world in Jesus Christ? James invites us to stop in the busyness of the season, in the craziness of life, to consider where we are, what we are doing, and what we expect to happen. What is your plan? It probably isn't going somewhere for a year to see how much money you can make. Yet each of us has a plan that involves where we want to be, what we want to be doing, and what we hope will happen. Now, you may be focused more long-term, or short-term, but most of our plans involve getting something, getting a house, getting a better house, getting a spouse, getting to retirement, getting healthy, getting wealth. Our culture encourages us to plan on getting to the right place, getting the right job, getting more money, or getting the right things. The narrative is that when we get more or get this certain thing to happen or when we get to this new place, then we will move past our current circumstances to a happier, better, more significant life. However, if we're honest, our plans often leave us overextended in our commitments. They leave us stressed out by time pressures, our plans can leave us dissatisfied and lonely, grumpy about expectations others have of us, or upset at how others have failed us. And our response to this is just to try harder to make what we want happen. But our plans have something missing. One time my sister baked chocolate chip cookies. 
And she took them out of the oven, and I was right there, helpfully ready to enjoy a warm cookie. I mean, it looked delicious. Brown, those chunks of chocolate sort of rising out of the top. But as I tried to take a bite, it was almost as hard as a rock, and it had little flavor. The cookie was missing something. It turned out the cookie was missing butter. Any plan that we make, no matter how perfect it seems, when it's missing God, has the flavor of uncertainty. James reminds us as we shape our plans to consider that life is like a mist, something that's here for a moment and gone, easily forgotten, temporary, unsubstantial. If life is this uncertain, it will affect our plans. We can't pretend that our plans will make things happen that are lasting. Now, this isn't a condemnation of making plans. We should resist the temptation to just throw our hands up in the air and say, well, YOLO, you only live once. Let me do whatever I want. I might die tomorrow. James reminds us of the limits of human life, not so we'll be depressed and say, well, I don't matter, or I might as well not make any plans. James reminds us of the limits of human life, so we'll embrace the lasting life that comes from being in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Eternal life, that which lasts, comes by being in relationship with Jesus Christ. As we approach Christmas, we remember that our Savior was born. Jesus, called Emmanuel, was born into human life to be God with us. God with us in the midst of the place where we are. God with us in the midst of everything we do or plan to do. God with us whatever happens. God is the missing ingredient in our plans. He makes our plans taste right. God in our plans is what moves us past these current circumstances into a richer, fuller, more significant life. So we account for God at work in the world as we make our plans. We remember that God is with us as we make our plans. How we live is not all about us and what we can do. Rather, it's about relying on God and what he does. James reminds us that God is in control of our lives and our plans. And this time of Advent is when we look towards God breaking into the world as he did in Jesus Christ to show love. God broke in the world not just to show the idea of love, but to actually put love into action. And we know this love in action through the life of Jesus Christ lived for the sake of others. So as we remember Jesus' birth and look forward to his return, we can't live as if life is all about us, as if life just rests on our shoulders. God's plan is what lasts, so we need to look to him. We need his plan to be primary in our lives. 
God at the center of our planning affects all that we do. So instead of going somewhere with the plan to see what we can get out of it in a year, or being where we are and seeing what we can get, we go to a place with the intention of seeing what God is doing there. We can still make a profit, we can still be successful, but we aren't going just to be extractive, just to get something from someone. We look to do something more lasting than get money. We go to learn. We go to build relationships. We go to serve. We don't just go to make something that we want to happen. happen. We go to see what will happen, what God will do. We make and carry out our plans, willing to listen to God and to adjust our plan in line with his will. So let's make a plan, a plan that's not just about me. Let's make a plan to do something, to do something in this place where you are to show the love of God that we see revealed in the life of Jesus and see what happens. When we leave God out of our plans, the I, this me, takes center stage. It's sort of like leaving Jesus out of the holiday season. When that happens, all of a sudden, we're thinking about gifts for me. Or how can I make Christmas good for me by getting the right gifts for others? Without Jesus, it ends up just being a list of presents to get filled. We might even, without Jesus, focus in on our grief of missing a loved one, forgetting the hope of life beyond life that Jesus brings to us in the midst of our grief. Without Jesus, we might just focus in on our failures, not being where we want to be, not doing what we want to be doing, still waiting for something to happen. We are at center stage when our plans are primary. Now, we may not overtly boast about our plans, but if we're honest, we do ask God to bless our plans. We figure out what we need to do to order our lives to change the world in big and small ways. And we're doing just fine without Jesus. I mean, give me credit for the things I've made happen. And even if we're not saying this, our lives give evidence that this is the case. Look at our focus on work on how much we make, on where we live, on our need to be in control. Saying what we can do without God or living without taking God into account is evil. And I think we need to hear that strong language because of the consequences of God being missing from our plans. When we do things without God, that's where stress takes over our lives. When we do things without God, that's when we make decisions compulsively. When we do things without God, that's where selfishness rises up. With God, even our plans to help others 
can weigh us down and can lead to despair when we fail or can even push us away from others when those plans succeed. This time of Advent is a time to look for who is really at the center of things. We know that God is at work because God breaks into the world in Jesus Christ to bring life for all. So we make plans looking for God to act. And when he acts, we do good, the good that he makes clear to us. So as you prepare for the coming of Jesus, go ahead and make a plan. Make a plan to show God's love in the midst of where you are and see what happens. James calls us to live in God's way no matter how strongly that our culture pushes us to do our own thing. James says, anyone then who knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. God's plan for us is in the place that we are or any place that we go, we are to tell of Jesus' love and to live it out and see what happens. We know this, yet we get overwhelmed with the needs that we see and we do nothing. Consider this story. A group of pastors went to um, an underdeveloped part of an African country, and there they saw um, people drinking from a pool of stagnant water covered in filth. And they learned that a man had died from drinking the water just a week before. And they talked with their translator then, who then relayed a message to a local elder that these churches would pay to have a well dug to bring fresh water to the village. The pastor and the translator were really excited. However, they noticed that the elder was unmoved. And they wondered why. And the elder told them, others have come and made promises in Jesus' name to do this, but the promises are never kept. What is your plan? Is it a self-serving plan? Or is it God's plan? A willingness to live a life of love as directed by Jesus wherever we go, in the midst of whatever we're doing, waiting to see what God will do. The challenge on this last Sunday of Advent is to do something, to make a plan to show God's love, to do good in the midst of where you are. Now, you may have to think deeply about this. I can't tell you what to do to put your faith into action but you also may already know the way that you need to show God's love and just need to follow through. What is your plan? Let us pray. Lord God, you are the one who knows us. 
you know each of us. So we ask that you would guide us into seeing what it is that you want for us to do. Give us the courage to act, to share your love, to show your love as we prepare to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I invite you. Are we going to stand? Stand. Stand. Let's stand.